Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, joined by the great William Brad Alice. We have Emma behind the scenes making us look cool or as cool as possible right here. How you doing there, William? Possible task. All right, William. First of all, we need updates on Tyler Alice right here. I saw some uh, action sports photos. What's going on with young Tyler? Yeah, Tyler's now into his second week of uh, tackle football at the Flowing Wells Middle School, running with the ones on offense. Um, and somehow they have to play a game Tuesday, and they you know, already missed a practice this week due to weather, but uh, uh, we'll see. But, yeah, he's playing right tackle. We'll, I'm assuming somewhere on defense. We haven't gotten to defense day, and uh, may also be doing some kicking. So a versatile is, athlete there. Is he the largest player out there? No, not even close. Really? No, he's because uh, he's playing with eighth graders. So there's a bunch oh, of okay, eighth I, gotcha. I mean, he's, he's a big kid. He's 5'7", about 180. But, there, yeah, there's some kids who are probably about 5'10". Uh, okay. There are also some kids who are well over 300, but not quite 5'5". Five, five. So, not quite 5'5", five, um, five, right. Yeah. yeah, and he's also doing club baseball. In fact, uh, maybe seeing me tweet out some stuff pretty soon is uh, a baseball team is going to be doing a fundraiser next weekend. So a little car wash location to All be right. determined. So come on out and support the Tucson Padres, um, you know, and embarrass Tyler. Right. All right. Let's talk. We're going to talk some uh, Pac-12 power rankings right here for football. We're going to talk a little bit of Kansas Jayhawks right there, because obviously I think it's fair to say right now. Well, let me ask you this, Brad. If you were to take stock in the next five years and say you could pick any program um, to win multiple national titles. Again, I get that that probably won't happen. But what program would you choose? It's probably Kansas. Um, When you look at the combination of blue blood status proven coach, uh, ability to do it over multiple generations. Again, uh, if you pick UConn, I'm not arguing with you, but uh, we have to see if Hurley can do it again. Right. All um, right. You know, so, I'm not picking Duke, not picking Carolina with their current coaching situation. So, yeah, it's, it's probably Kansas. All right. We're going to talk. All right. Let's get into some Pac-12 football power rankings right here. Five of a kind media. Happy to have you on board right here. All right. It is funny, Brad, that this is the last year of the Pac-12, and it's probably the most loaded the conference has been in, what, the last 15 years or so? Yeah, maybe not quite that long, but pretty close, yeah. I mean, it's it's probably – I'm not sure it's been this good since Pete Carroll, so how long has that been? Maybe 15 years, yeah. But it's probably the – you know, there was that stretch there in the mid-'90s, mid to late-'90s, where I think if there had been a tournament – the Pac-12 might have had four or five different national champions. I would that agree includes, with you. That includes those USC teams, obviously, under, under Pete Carroll, both the Palmer and the Liner teams. Um, you look at Arizona 98, UCLA 98. You look at the Harrington. ASU 96. The Oregon Harrington team and that Oregon State team that beat Notre Dame. I mean, there was no team in America that was beating them that night. Um You know, so, yeah. And then, you know, they've had some peaks in the early 2000s, but – I think you can make a legit case that I think there are four teams that if they reach their A apex could play sneak into the national title picture. And that's not including Oregon state who I'm not as high on as other people, but you know, who, if they put it all together could be, could be very interesting as well. So that's five really quality teams. All right, well, let's get this started then. Uh, The first team that I'm going with, I'm going with USC number one. Um, They got the best player. Um, for the first time, they have a really good coaching staff as well. First time in a while with Lincoln Riley. I am going USC number one there, William. I mean, the only reason I'm picking Washington is to be a contrarian. 
Um, but USC on paper is the best team. Uh, Mike, I do have a question about Lincoln Riley. He never, he's never gone undefeated. Uh, couldn't run the table in the Big 12, much less a season. So I think that is something to look at. Now, you might argue that he has more talent with this SC team and may have less, uh, you know, depth to the conference. But, uh, you know, I do have some questions about Lincoln Riley overall. Is he a very good coach? Absolutely. Um, we just have to see, is he really closer to, um, you know, so, some of these other guys and not quite in that elite range that, you know, you see you know, at Ohio State and Clemson. Would and, you rather have Jim Harbaugh or Lincoln Riley? Uh, because of the baggage, Lincoln Riley. Okay. All yeah. right, fair enough. All yeah, right. although I think Harbaugh's probably more accomplished. But with the NCAA stuff, with his ability to job jump, with him always looking at the NFL, yeah, give me Lincoln Riley right now. All right. I am going to go Washington number two, though, right here. Um, I think they hit the ball out of the park with Kalen DeBoer, obviously, as their head coach. Michael Penix is a very, very good quarterback. And you have maybe the best starting wide receiver duo in the country. And if not, it's right there. I'm a big fan of Washington. Very bullish on the Huskies this year, William. Yeah, and I'm curious to see how they get on defense. You know, this is a, a program that over the last, what, five, ten years has just cranked out number one draft picks on right. defense, but their defenses haven't always been great. So if DeBoer's staff can put that together, that's one reason I'm really high on Washington. Um, I love their offensive skill position players. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Penix. I remember when Arizona was recruiting him, and I thought he was pretty good, was a little surprised. He went to Indiana, to be honest. Um, where he struggled, but I think again, some of that's the, the, the talent around him, and now he's in a good situation. And to me, if DeBoer's as good a coach as I think he is, and Washington's going to be really, really interesting, right? And he's all he has the feel of, of a coach who you just kind of wonder how long again, Washington's a really good job, you can win at a very high level at Washington. I think but people all- forget how great that job was. Um, for, for 20, you know, from the late 70s to the really early 2000s, it was it was a top 10 job. Washington, in my opinion, even all right, if you're just looking at it right now, just all things equal, I think Washington is the second best job in the conference behind USC. Yes. I mean, obviously, there's that Nike money, which kind of makes Oregon different. But if you're talking history, fan dedication, recruiting base, um, it's really hard to beat Washington. Right. All right. So you got, who do you have a number two, William? USC. Okay. So I'm assuming we're probably, all right, now it gets interesting here. Oregon, I have Oregon at number three. I like Dan Lanning. I think he's really, I think, basically, I think Dan Lanning is Mario Cristobal that can coach. And if that is the case, and again, I'm not 100% sure what we have in Dan Lanning yet. Um, I'm, I'm not ready to, to stamp him. Um, mm-hmm. But if he is Mario Cristobal who can coach, then Oregon's nationally relevant no matter what conference they're in next year um for that reason i took utah three because we know kyle whittingham is a top 10 to he's a top 10 coach in the country yes. in the country yes um and i actually you know and i like their quarterback too but yeah again to me that this this top four group is the elite group and i think any of them are capable of winning the pac-12 and any of them are really capable of sneaking into uh, the playoff. I think, again, USC has the most talent. Washington may have the most things lined up for him, but I think Whittingham's the best coach. I think you are. I think, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Yes. Whittingham is the best coach. I like Utah. Utah to me and Kyle Whittingham is like a much better, very consistent version of Dick Tomey. And that his recruiting classes might not necessarily be rated really high, but he's got a very good ability to be able to find players. He can get dudes in there and he can develop them. If Dick Tomey was able to sustain, um, which was obviously what he wasn't able to do, I think it would have looked a lot like Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, you know, they had a niche for, for their recruiting. Obviously, they're, they're big in the LDS and Polynesian communities. They're able to have guys go on their missions and come back and be physically mature. Um, he's you know, does he gets the most out of his players. Um, and I think what they do is I think they know who they're recruiting. So you, they don't get into these prolonged recruiting battles right? Um, that take up a lot of resources. Instead, they cultivate those relationships and they, they you know, obviously, uh, you know, being able to get Zach Wilson's brother in there, that's, I think, a big time pickup. Um, but that was based on relationships. I mean, right. you know, we all heard the rumblings that he might have preferred 
the environment in Arizona, but couldn't say no to that coaching staff. So, yeah. And again, they crank out NFL players. And again, the, most of those guys were three, three and a half star players. So they have a formula. It works. And that's the good news for Utah going into the Big 12. It work, it, 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 it travels. It's like defense travels. It does. So it really defense. does, doesn't so, it? So does Whittingham's uh, re- re- recruiting thing. He doesn't have to open up anything new. Right. Um, he just, just keep doing what they're doing. And uh, as long as he is there, that'll be an eight to 10 win program. All right, let me tell you first about Four Peaks. All right, now, Four Peaks, as you know out there, everybody, the Four Peaks movement right here will not be stopped. It's also the official brew of PHNX Sports. Check it out. Again, uh, check out Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest on Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. The Peaks are playing in Israel right now. We're gonna We'll talk about that a little bit, obviously. Or the UAE, Dubai. aren't they in the UAE now? They are They are in the UAE, correct. Our friend Bruce Pasco has a rental car in the UAE, which makes me a little nervous. Um, I can't. I love, Im- okay, first of all, I love Bruce. And secondly, I've, I did see some people on Twitter like going, oh, Bruce overseas. If you don't know, and I, I hope I'm speaking out of turn, about 15 years ago, Bruce uh, was seeing the writing on the wall of, of journalism and, and went and got a, a, a master's in, in some kind of business. Right. That required him to go to China for a little while. So it's not like Bruce is not an international man of travel. He's also gone on some of these other trips. I did not know that about Bruce. Yeah. In fact, he missed the so Bruce term. studied abroad in China? Yeah. He had to go do something for this master's program in China for a couple of weeks, but happened to coincide with the NSA tournament. Um, that being said, yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we like to give Bruce a hard time. Um, Bruce is your typical kind of reporter. Bruce is, as good, Bruce is as good-hearted a person as you will ever come across. No, so I'm saying Bruce, rental car, UAE, will either be a great adventure or probably boring because he'll probably get where he needs to go and write the stories he needs to write and cover that team like you know, he covers that Bruce team. missed his – and I think Michael Webb made this point at uh, media de- or uh, uh, last week. Bruce missed his point as an interrogator for like the IDF because what Bruce would do then is he would keep asking the same questions and then – Slightly different fin- way. And then finally the guy would say, fine, dude, just whatever, and he would admit to it. And then Bruce would say, oh, by the way, here's another round of questions. Bruce, someone called him Columbo, um, right. and it's did. not not because uh, uh, again, and people get sometimes people get mad at Bruce. People don't understand. Bruce is looking for a quote that he needs for his story, and sometimes that means asking that obvious question, and sometimes it means asking it two or three ways. Half the time, that's coming from his editor. Um, right. So again, people who don't understand how print journalism works may think it's awkward or that he's asking a a, a a dumb question. He's not. Now there's some TV guys in this market who ask dumb questions. Right. Um, but Bruce is trying to fit a quote to a story. And sometimes that means coach. Bruce is a different dude. I mean, we can be honest here. I would tell Bruce, I've told that Bruce and I'm a different guy, but Bruce is a unique individual. There's only one Bruce out there. There's only one Bruce. Great guy. Great beat writer. Tucson's lucky to have him. Right. Um, actually, Tucson's in pretty good shape right now with their, uh, no doubt. With, with what has happened at the star with Michael Lev becoming the columnist. Michael Mike's a good dude. And, uh, Justin Spears, who we're both fans of, uh, taking over. Everybody that over there now is a good person. Uh, yeah, I think for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I don't okay. know. A, cu- a couple of the guys I don't know, but they seem really cool. Like Brett and those guys. Right. All right. Let's talk now. Number five, I've got Arizona. Brad Alice, I'm going Arizona. I am bullish on the A this year. I think their offense is going to be one of the top three, four units in the conference. I think getting Dwayne Aquina in here is good. I am back in the A. I am going number five right there, Brad Alice. Washington State. All right. I just, yeah. I, again, Oregon State has a lot of, I just don't buy the quarterback position. I don't buy you Uyagalele either. It's funny. You know what's weird too? When you watch Uyagalele at Clemson, um, I would I'd hear people say, "Well, you know, uh, Dabo or Dabo just doesn't know how to use him." Well, Dabo is generally proven to be pretty good with quarterbacks. I think that's more of a Uyagalele problem. So here's the thing: Dabo Dabo's won with a variety of quarterbacks too. Right. Um, Deshaun Watson is nowhere near the same quarterback as. Uh, uh, Lawrence, and who was the guy in? I forget the guy in. Kelly Bryant, yeah, who ended up transferring, and who was not a great quarterback, but they still figured out how to win football games. Where Taj Boyd, uh, yeah, Taj Boyd, uh, you know, so they've 
he it's not like he can only coach one kind of quarterback. Um, right. So I yeah, I don't buy that. I think Ugalele might have just been a little overrated uh, or may not have. Eh, it could just be a chemistry thing. Um, we've seen that where guys, you know, come, come to a new school and then suddenly figure it out. Um, but that being said, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Washington state there. All right. You're going Washington state. All right. Then after that, then do you want to go Arizona? Do you want to back the A there? Yeah, I think I'll put Arizona there. All right. So you got Arizona at six then. And again, over or under Brad Alice here, six wins. You can, you got to take on, you've got to either take over or under, you can't take a push. If they're going, if they're finishing six in the conference, they're over six wins. So you got Arizona going seven wins this year, Brad Alice. If I got them six, yeah, that's what it'll take. All right, I've got Washington, or I've got Washington State there as well. Um, I'm not total. I'm not very bullish on. I'm. I'm not bullish on Oregon State for the same reason that William isn't. Mainly because I'm not. Uh, I'm not at all sold on uh, Uyagalele. Although I do like Jonathan Jonathan Smith a great deal. I think Jonathan Smith is a very good coach. I very much liked Jonathan Smith as a uh, quarterback too at Oregon State for that team that beat Notre Dame in '99. Brad. Yeah, he uh, he was fun. He was a good quarterback, a little undersized, had the great receiver. Well, typical walk on. Yeah, exactly. So, so fun, fun team. Yeah. All right. Then, then I got Oregon State. Um, I like, uh, again, I think uh, they return quite a few players, uh, like Jonathan Smith for obvious reasons. I got Oregon State then, Brad, at, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to do the math right here. One, it's two. seventh. Seventh, correct. Yes. I thanks. also have Oregon State at seventh, but you could tell me they're finishing second. I believe you. They're the, they have the biggest variance. Right. I think they're the most talented team who, who has the biggest question mark at quarterback. Right. Um, and if he is if he's a four star player this year in the Pac twelve, they're probably finishing fourth. If he is the guy we saw at Clemson, they're probably finishing as we have them year seven. Right. Okay. Then after that it becomes interesting. There's a lot of mumbo jumbo in here. Um uh, I disagree. I'm gonna disagree with that. I think UCLA um they're going to start probably a freshman quarterback. I think so. I think there's you know there's tier one which is Oregon through Washington, and then there's tier two which I have Washington State through UCLA, right. and I think any of those teams you can jumble. So if you tell me UCLA finds gold in this freshman quarterback, they finish fifth. I believe you. If you tell me they don't find, I I I have a trouble seeing them finishing below. And what do we have met? I think it's eighth. Uh, but I think they could be anywhere in that mix. The only one I can see jumping out of this tier two is Oregon State. If, again, if they get elite quarterback play. I think the rest of it's kind of jumbled here. So the difference between five and eight, I think, is minimal. Uh, I tend to take the two teams with the more established quarterbacks. And that's what oh. I did with JDL and uh, obviously his replacement at Washington State. After that, I'm going Cal. Cal. Cal's a tier by themselves. I think that Cal is – I actually think Cal is going to get rid of sports in the next five years. Um, I don't think that the administration much cares about it. I don't think the fans much care about it. It's too bad because, you know, when I was growing up, Cal was awesome. Granted, they were cheating, but they always had Jason Kidd, Lamont Murray. Then they brought in Sharif after that. And then football a little bit after that. First of all, our guy Reggie Robertson went there. Went there. Then you had uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers, Marshawn Lynch. There's a there's a history there at Cal. Cal Cal has a history at quarterback that when we talk these non, I mean you can really go back to the '60s and and Cal has had NFL quarterbacks. Like Nate Longshore, Joe Cap. If you guys mm -hmm. remember Joe Cap, uh, was it Steve Bartkowski, um, who was actually uh, who's uh, uh, Steinberg's uh, uh, Lee Steinberg's first client. Right. Um, Kyle, Jared Kyle, Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Kyle Barr. Uh, yeah, a bunch of bowlers. Nate bowler. Longshore? And Nate Longshore. Who was the bar kid who played? Um, then you throw in the running backs that they have had there. And, and with basketball, basketball, they always seem to find a 6'4 shooting guard who was elite and uh, always finished like second team all Pac-12, you know, Ed Gray's of the world. You know, that I think um, they have the second most Pac-12 players of the year behind Arizona since like 88 or something. It's something would wild. Not, would not surprise me. Because it's Alan Crabb, it's uh, obviously it's Alan Crabb, it's Jorge Gutierrez. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Uh, Jason Kidd, Sharif won it that year. Um, Ed Gray, I don't know if I mentioned him. I, I uh, mentioned Ed Gray because I'm a big Sean Lampley. Sean Lampley. Um, Lampley, I don't think was Player of the Year, Mike. Sean Lampley was he? I, think I don't he was. think. 
Oh, then then I okay. That's that, I, I forgot that one. I uh, that, that's I think oh, I, I think Sean Lampley it. was from DeSales High School in Illinois. Okay. All right, but I think I, I, Justin and Justin Wilcox, I think, is a solid coach. Um, I think it's hard to win at Cal now because there's not a ton of support. Um, but he's generally been good for about six to seven wins. I'm cool with Justin Wilcox. I think in many ways, a lot of the kids who used to go, the fringe kids who used to go, not the kids who are going there for that, they're going to different schools. So same thing happened to Washington State for a while with all those kids who are going to Boise State. I think a lot of kids who like wind up at San Diego State, who wind up at Utah, who wind up uh, at some of these other places, used to go to used to go to Cal. Um, I'm currently looking up Sean Lampley, Pac-10 Player of the Year in 2001, the year that Arizona's best team ever, Sean Lampley, was and, the player. And, and that's probably why I blacked it out because there's no way that that, that I mean Arizona was. Uh, Grand, they had their their hiccup there in the middle of the year, but yeah. right. Oh, don't worry, Tommy. Don't worry, TLN. We're going to get to some Arizona basketball. We're going to get to a little bit of Philly B and uh, whatnot. But uh, then after that, um, you got three teams. I think Stan- I'll probably go Stanford next. Um, it's crazy how Stanford has fallen off, but it kind of feels like David Shaw just stopped recruiting the last three or four years there, and this is what you get. Yeah, I'm going to ASU there only because I, I don't know. Um, You're just going for Trent Borgay. You're back Borgay, in the Borgay. Borgay. Yeah, I'm buddies with the family. Um, okay. So I'll go, but then I go Stanford uh, after that. Yeah. And we agree that Colorado's the worst team in the conference. Uh, Okay, I've had my doubts about Dion. Did you see what happened there the other day where he was mad that the whole team didn't get involved in the fight? I did. I did. That's a red flag. That's a red flag. Again, if you have your beverage, if you have your four peaks, time to drink. Andy Reid doesn't like fighting. (laughs) Bill Belichick doesn't like fighting in in camp. Um, It happens. They don't like it. Dion wants a full... 78 man Royal rumble. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah you don't yeah. need that dude. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a, that's, that's not something good. You know what you do need during all of this though is shady rays, Brad Alice. Now exclusively for our listeners. Now you might see Emma Clark out and about our esteemed producer saying, man, she's cool. You know, one of the things, one of the small things that makes her cool is shady rays exclusively for our listeners. Shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. William, I think you had a thought. No, no. I was Okay. All right. And then, uh, uh, but like I said, I think Colorado is going to stink. I would have still made that higher if I'm Colorado because it's been so, so you know, long. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I, I, here's the thing. Dion's either going to reinvent college football as we know it, or until the rules change, or he's going to flame out spectacularly. But that's a chance you take if you're Colorado. That's a chance you take. The only other guy I would have tried to bring in there is Eric Bieniemy. Um, right. And I just not, I don't think he wants to go back to college. I think he wants to use obviously. What's again, missing with Eric? What's missing with Eric Bieniemy? Um, he a interviews terribly, and Evidently. b he can be abrasive to players. Um. There are guys who, again, with this time from the Chiefs, there are guys who hate him, and the rest love him. And right. there's no like, oh, yeah, Coach Benjamin's cool. Uh, Mahomes loved him, although they yeah. got into they got into some fights on the sideline, which you have not seen with uh, you know him and him and Nagy. But uh, I think that's part of it. He, you know, he also has some a checkered past. Back when he was in his early twenties, he had a a domestic right. uh, incident and the, although they're still married, but I think those are the things, but yeah, I think a lot of it's just his ability to, to wow these, you know, elderly owners who, who, who want, you know, who sometimes aren't looking at what they're saying, but how they say it. All right. Let's get to now some Arizona hoops talk right there. I've got Arizona fifth in the conference. William has Arizona sixth and we're both saying that Arizona is going bowling. This is correct. Yes. All right. Now, Oh, Rich Carrillo, by the way. Rich, I know that you want to have Tony Altimore on. I can't have Tony Altimore on every single day. It just doesn't work like that, Rich. We can't have him. We can only have him on so much. Just want to let that know. No, no, uh, no. But he's right about Pete Newell. But we were talking in the modern era of the Pac-12. But, yeah, Pete Newell, and he's absolutely right. Other than John Wooden, Newell might have been Luke's biggest influence. Right. Um, let's see. All right. Now, let's talk uh, – Let's talk now a little bit about 
Let's talk a little bit now about Arizona basketball in the grand scheme of things. Um, first of all, what are your thoughts over there, uh, Brad, watching? And got to give you a lot of credit. You called Crevis from day one. Crevis looks better than Ballo right now. Yeah, he's in better shape. Right. And uh, you know, again, I again, and I go back. I think I've said this every show we've we've mentioned Mount Crevis, but I just looked at his tape and I saw a kid who who's supposedly barely eighteen years old, mm-hmm. but who's put together pretty well. Again, could he use ten more pounds of muscle? Yeah, but unlike, and again, I'm going to pick on Dylan Anderson. Dylan Anderson needed thirty pounds of muscle when he committed to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got he's got two peaks on each shoulder, which a lot of those big guys don't have his shot blocking ability, and he moves well. He's not springy athletic. He's not a blazer, but he moves well. He's nimble, um, and which is what I want in, in a center. So, um, again, is he going to lead the break like Coloco? No. But uh, if you dump it down to him, is he going to trip over his own feet? No. So, yeah, I like I like Crevis. And I also it's just he- saw a game that was easily to translate. Hook it shots, feel- putbacks, right. things like that. Yeah, it feels like both of the international kids this year are going to be hits. Whereas in the uh, in the past, Adama Ball obviously wasn't. We love Philly B here, but I don't know that he's ever a rotation guy. And Henry Vasar very much a question mark. When you watch Pauly M and you when you watch uh, Mount Crevis, they both look the part in a way that the other guys didn't initially, at least. Uh, and again, I think you look at part of it. What they weren't built. Most of these guys were built as projects, right? Right. Notice, you know, they're they're, they're countrymen at Tubelas, if I'm not mistaken, and and who came in the most ready of any of the international guys, uh, save for Lowry was was Tubelas. Uh, mm-hmm. So here you have guys who maybe their systems a little more conducive. Uh, with Adama Ball, he was you know barely 17 years old, playing learning new positions. Um, you know, I don't totally B. give up on him, by the way. It wouldn't surprise me no, if he not makes, at all. A, not makes at all. a little bit of a run at Santa Clara with Herb Sendek. Yeah, um, get some good coaching, get some, some more minutes to, to perfect. Yeah, uh, you know, but you look at Philly B, he was a pro, known as a project. Uh, Vasar may be the one who's a little bit of a disappointment, but no, these guys came in, they're, they come from a top tier pro system. Um, physically, both look pretty mature. In fact, again, uh, look, I, I dare people just to go to uh, ArizonaWildcats.com and look at look at Polly M's photo. The guy looks like he's 27 year old, and he's uh, married, isn't he? Doesn't he have a I kid? I don't know. I don't know if he really is, but he looks like it in that picture. He very much says David Floyd, our friend David Floyd, is a Texas Tech fan. I don't think you guys have got enough respect for ISU, WVU, K State, and Baylor. Uh, in what sport? Because I have a, I have a respect for all of those except West Virginia. I'm not really bullish on, but uh, the other ones, I'm totally in on. I don't, uh, I don't know what we're talking about. I here. think for, I think for, for both sports. Uh, yeah, especially K State. K State is one of the most underrated multi-sport schools in the country right now. When I would say with Baylor, obviously Baylor's recent track record. My, my only question about most of the schools in the Big Twelve is not what they are now. It's what are they going to be a coach from now? Um, we know Baylor, Baylor football. I don't worry about though now because Baylor football is now a three coach school. Yeah. And, and so they may have ascended, but you know, I think, yeah, I think we've long said that we, we think maybe the top part of the big 12 in football is not as strong as like the pac 12. Cause you don't have a traditional blue blood, but I think, you know, one to one to what now 16, it's, it's right. a loaded conference. The same thing with basketball, basketball at the top, is 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 pretty darn good. Now, yeah, I mean, I think if you're David, I think David, I think I'm speaking for William here as well. We think that the Big Twelve is uh, the best basketball conference in the country, and that's a huge reason why I wanted to go there from day one. Brad wanted to stay in the pack. Brad was wrong. That's okay. But I wanted to get to the Big Twelve because of your basketball conference there, David Floyd. Brad, yeah. you're up. Uh, yeah, I mean, look at I- Iowa State's year in and year out, a very good program. Um, Oklahoma State normally is a very good program. As long as Jamie Dixon's at TCU, they're going to be a very good program. Kansas is Kansas. Um, you know, I think as long as Jerome Tang is at Kansas State, they're going to be elite. Houston uh, coming in with Kelvin Sampson. Houston, I, I'm curious to see what Cincinnati does now that they're in a, a major, major conference uh, because that has been a traditionally strong basketball program as well. So, yeah, I mean, there's – the only one I can tell you this: the only there's two ones that I think are going to have really struggle. I think that if I'm Bobby Hurley, I'm looking to get out of ASU right now. 
um, after this year because ASU is going to struggle big time, I believe, in the Big 12. And I think UCF is always going to suck in the Big 12. And when it comes to basketball, not football, but I think in basketball, UCF is going to suck in uh, in the uh, Big 12. Tad? Tad's okay. Tad's just going to always yeah. be – Tad Boyle is John Tesh in that I guess he gets it done, but at the same point – you're like, can we do something a little better? But he's also just good enough that I guess maybe you're not changing. Chad Boyle the never did the basketball equivalent of the NBA on NBC theme. Dude, round I'm ball t- rock. He never did round ball rock. Dude, you know that Chad Boyle is John Tesh. I'm taking Tesh ahead of Boyle. All right. Wow. All right. Tesh wrote the NBA on NBC theme. I know. Oh, and that's and that song was so good too. Oh, it, I, all I do, I hear that song, I think of Jordan. Right, and and because he was always on against the Knicks or the Pacers. Yes. Yes, very good. Uh, by the way, so again, we don't. Uh, I wish the Big 12 didn't have UCF there so far away. Um, I actually think UCF's good in football. It's a solid addition. It's now, I mean, Scott Frost went undefeated there, and Scott Frost isn't a good coach, we come to find out. Josh Heupel did well there, and now Gus Malzahn. It's pretty good right there. Yeah, there seems to be – it does seem like they probably needed a team a couple states over, but I'm not sure you would take Tulane over uh, UCF. I'm taking UCF. I don't care about the academic stuff. Like, Altamore I mean, was trying to push – I'm just – it's weird having a state that, you know, it's so far removed. Again, West Virginia, the same thing. But Right, for sure. All right, now um, – what were we just talking about here? Uh, we got off on a – oh, the, a basketball team. Um, we uh, – where – Keyshaw Johnson – we talked about this a little bit before. Brad, Arizona needed a Keyshaw Johnson last year. Arizona needed Keyshaw Johnson the previous year. Better late than never getting Keyshaw Johnson, though. They've needed him for several of their teams. And yeah, he yes. brings a toughness. He brings an athleticism. Um, I think he's a guy who can be very versatile. I don't think mm-hmm. he has to score a point to change a game. But at the same time, he'll, he'll have a 20-point game or two this season that will be huge where he's right. just hitting the boards, that jumper's falling, that little hook shot's falling. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Kashad Johnson is a vital piece to this, this team. All right, now let's talk a little bit about first. Oh, by the way, OGs, Brad, how's your sleep going? Be honest. Okay. All right. When you're William Brad Alice and you are on the track 30 hours a day with the kids, working, podcasting, you know what? Sometimes you're going to need some sleep. Sounds like Brad's doing all right, but OGs is here to help for the other people right now. Now, check it out. We highly recommend you check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can find all their products at your local dispensary. You must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Check out the pink lemonade gummies right now and the new strawberries and cream CBD THC one to one. Okay. Uh, Brad, you were just asked right here, B-Cat, who is William Brad Alice's starting five? Assuming he uh, finds a treadmill, Omar Ballo at the uh, at the five, uh, Kashad Johnson at the four, uh, Caleb Love at the three, uh, Jaden Bradley at the two, and uh, uh, our, our boy... Uh, Kylan Boswell. Kylan Boswell. That's mine, and I'm bringing the Swedish pinball off the bench. Yeah, and the Swedish pinball may get more minutes than those guys, but yeah, he'll come off the bench. I think we've uh, we're pretty quick to establishing Crevis as the as the first big off the bench, and uh, wouldn't shock me to see Polly M now get some quality minutes. Polly M looks solid right there. All right, let's talk about Philly B. Here's where I'm at with Philly B. He he doesn't. I got to be careful here. He doesn't totally stink. I'm not saying that at all. Philly B strikes me as the type though that is going to be a five year. He could be a five-year practice player here, a little bit like a Justin Wessel type. A different player, obviously. Maybe by the time he's a junior or senior, he gets a couple minutes here or there. But he's happy to be around the program. He's happy to be around the guys. The guys are happy to have Philly B. He enjoys college life. That's what I'd like to see for Philly B. I think it I think it all comes down to how how well he continues to shoot the basketball. And mm. if he can continue to be a three-point threat, then I think he's a guy who can Tony Clifton, watch your mouth. Some games come in and score and play 15 minutes, and some games doesn't get off the bench, depending on matchups. Um, in some ways, he reminds me – what's what's the Bill Simmons saying? There's a poor man's, and then there's uh, a homeless, a homeless man. man's. He's, he's a homeless man's Ricky Anderson, I think. And um, 
you know, he's about six eight, maybe six nine, can play inside, can play outside. A lot of it's just going to be the type of players they bring in. And if they don't bring in a tall, rangy guy who can shoot, um, then I think, you know, he might carve out a place. And if not, then he's going to have to make that decision whether he wants to stay around the program. I, again, I think he's okay. But uh, unfortunately, you're lo- starting to look. You know, it's kind of like our Big 12 discussion. You know what? Utah basketball is okay. That may make you 12th in the Big the 16 team Big 12. Same thing. Philly B may be a guy who could start for Cal. Um, but may not be a rotational guy at Arizona. Philly B would play at ASU. Yeah, I think so. All right. Philly B could run the Pac-12 better than the current commissioner. That's actually very funny right there. Not actually. It is very funny. Um, hey, do we know if Philly B is doing as well as Henry Vasar with the co-eds? That oh, dude, to- seriously. I mean, yes. Well, no, I've seen Philly B on campus twice now, and each time he was wearing a long sleeve. Keep in mind, it's about 138 outside. He was wearing a long sleeve blue shirt with it uh, unbuttoned at the, uh, uh, at the um, you know, like a, not the cufflinks, but whatever that's yeah, called. I know what you, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he looked, he looked, I think he's enjoying life right there, man. I told you my Philly B story, right? I don't know. Does it involve right. Crete? This was a no, 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 it doesn't. Um, this is great radio right here, or not radio, not a radio. Um, Kevin Woodman phrase right there. All right, so I was asking Philly B at um, uh, Media Day last year, just some normal questions. I mean, you know how it is, you know, like what, what are you working on, all that. So I asked him, I said, so, you know, what are you working on in your game? And he says, well, just trying to get better uh, shooting and uh, passing. And then I'm getting ready to ask the next question. And he says, and what about you? And I was like, eh, well, uh, I haven't been working on my game lately. And then he's like, okay. And then so I asked him the next question. I said, so what's like an average day like for you? And he goes on. And then he says, and what about you? You could tell that this was like a conversation because, you know, the English is a little broken. Mm-hmm. You could tell it was a conversation starter and just saying, what about you? He asked me, what about you three different times? That's nice of him. No, it's not this. I know. So I will always, we will always back Philly B on this show to the end. Philly B does back the A. That is correct. Rich, uh, Rich, I'm, I'm going to say, wasn't Mark Jordan much closer to seven foot, though? Yeah, no, that Mark, Rich, we love you, but I don't buy that one. You tried comparing uh, uh, Dylan Anderson to Mark Jorgensen right there. We need to talk about Dylan Anderson right here. Because that might be a better comparison, uh, Anderson and Jordan. All right. Hey, but. I am firmly in on Frank Caliendo's guy right there, Dylan Anderson. Dylan Anderson, as long as he sticks it out, I believe Dylan Anderson is going to be a good player here. Brad, you agree with this? I think, yeah. My my only concern is not his ability. Um, It's whether he'll have the patience to wait for it to click. Because he just, again, he moves well. He's got tools, but he's behind. Um, You know, there are things other guys are doing as 18-year-olds that he's not just ready to do yet. So will he be happy waiting until he's, you know, a, a junior or senior? I don't know. And will Arizona have the patience? But, but, he, has, but he has skills, though. We do agree with no, that. No, he's a, he's a skilled guy. Yeah. Um, he's untapped. He, he in, in some ways, he reminds me of some of the um, guys like Chol, who they brought in, who are good athletes, who have good mobility. He's not quite as explosive as Chol, who just needed to put it together. And whether they do or not – you know, it remains to be seen, but it's not like he's a big stiff who you're just recruited because he's seven foot. He can move. He has mobility. He has potential on the shot. He's just not making them right now. And, and, and again, he presses a little bit. All right. Well, so there, there's that. There's uh, everything as far as recruiting updates. Yes. Emmanuel Steven, a guy that is uh, very familiar with uh, Carter Bryant and uh, Jamari Phillips. Arizona's on him. I would imagine that Arizona will be able to not necessarily get him possibly, but they will be on him uh, until the very end. You would like this guy, Rich Carrillo. He's big, strong, and athletic, but more so he's tough. And that's and he's what coming, And he's coming in Red Blue Weekend, I believe. So that's a, that's a good weekend to be there. And again, uh, AU teammates with, uh, with with a couple guys. So that's always yeah. good. All right. Now, let's talk about Let's talk about oh Conrad by the way uh, Conrad I Conrad I had no clue how small Conrad is Conrad looks like he's three feet tall out there now again uh, Lloyd likes him Lloyd knows what he's doing here I, I don't Conrad is scrappy for sure but he looks like a five inch shorter version of Chris Hernandez uh, he reminds me of a guy who would uh, kick butt at St Mary's yeah. he plays um, with Mickey McConnell. Yeah, yeah. 
and uh, or uh, yeah, some of those guys. He looks like one of those guys who just a pest at the West Coast Conference. Right. Um, whether that means translates to Arizona, I don't know. Um, but you know, obviously, those are guys you want around in practice, though. Right. They All make right. you better. Let's talk about because Arizona is obviously going to the Big Twelve. In case you guys out there didn't know that. Um, Oh, by the way, Derek Pivko, this is kind of the elephant in the room that nobody is really discussing. Dylan Anderson is also playing with a heavy heart right now because his bike was stolen. And to my knowledge, it has not been replaced. This is something that has gone underreported, I believe. And let's be honest here. We need to get the bike back. Or we need to get him in an IL deal to get a bike. Yes. We need to get the bike back and, uh, what by any means necessary, everybody out there, pool your resources together. We need to get the bike back. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about Kansas here because Arizona is obviously going to the Big 12. Kansas is at the top of the basketball world right now. I've always, I know that he's uh, been caught for some bad stuff, but I've always liked Bill Self's uh, recruiting roster management uh, strategy because it's not just the Mike Shashevsky, John Callip, or Mike Shevsky later in life, John Calipari, just bring in a 10, five stars and we're going to be able to see uh, what everything works. Bill self is a little bit different. Bill self recruits. He gets the mega kids like the, uh, the Josh Jackson's the Andrew Wiggins of the world, but he's done an amazing job at finding the Frank Mason's the Devonte Graham's players like that. Harry Ellis. Well, Perry Ellis was a little bit higher rated, but you also but got no, st- guys who stay, stick around. They don't guys get frustrated. Stick around, and he finds these under the radar guys. And that's where I think he's really been able to be successful and make a uh, um, and make a living. And there's a lot of Lute Olson in there. And that Lute Olson would get the Mike Bibbies, but he would also obviously have the Miles Simons, the Jason Terry's, the AJ Bramlett's, the Bennett Davison's, et cetera. That there's a little bit of uh, Lute Olson there as far as his roster management and structure goes. Yeah, I think his ability not only to bring in those guys, but get guys who mesh. Um, you, you rarely see a Kansas team say, oh, man, they're missing height or they're missing toughness or they're missing athleticism. Right. Um, you know, they're able to fill in those gaps. And whether that's uh, through recruiting, through the transfer portal, um, yeah, so when you talk really good roster, because we've seen some of those Duke teams or those Kentucky teams that have seven first-round draft picks, you're like, they can't play together. Right. They don't have, you know, they're missing a tough guy or they're missing a shooter or they're missing this. When was the last time you said that about Kansas? Like, eh, if Kansas only had another shooter. Right. Uh, if, if Kansas, Kansas only, only had another strong big, they'd be good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, they're, they're playing undersized at the four. No. No, so yeah, Self has done a remarkable job. Again, you'd be hard pressed, maybe not to consider. You know, Kansas is obviously one of the top programs of all time. Um, you know, I actually, you know, have great familiarity with my dad growing up in Kansas right. City. He's a big time KU fan. Um, you know, hey, you Arthur Alice, correct? You want some? You want, yes, you want some trivia? Who's yeah. the only losing coach in Kansas history? Arthur Alice, James Naismith, the guy who invented the sport. Huh. That is a fun fact. By the way, Brad, I need you to come back right now at Rich Carrillo right here. He's taking shots at our guy. Don't let it happen. Philly and Anderson both stink, but I do like the South Dakota State transfer. He's a grinder with swag. I expect – who's the South Dakota State transfer? Oh, the San Diego State. Okay, Keyshawn. Stick up for Dylan Anderson again. Um, Well, I don't want to get into a land war with Rich Carrillo. (laughs) For sure. You um, just you know, there are certain things. You don't get into a land war in Russia, you don't get a land war with Huntington Beach. Right. No, that's true. Especially Huntington Beach's greatest right there. But again, I do like the idea about somebody buying the kid a bike back. Let's get that back there. I want him but, I want him doing an IL deal with, with one of these bike companies. Whether it was funny from- when I was talking with Frank Caliendo, <laughs> my guy, he asked me, he says, I got to get Dylan in an IL deal. Who's the uh, most important uh, sales or business guy in all of Tucson? And just off the top of my head, I said, Jim Click. That's right, correct? Didn't he say Jim Click? Yeah, because he said Jim Click because I told him about Jim oh, Click. Okay. And then he okay. called him Jiminy Click It. Yes, I, saw, I heard that. I, I saw that one. Being a big fan of Caliendo, uh, uh, that was a fun interview. Um. But uh, is Jim Click the biggest businessman in Tucson? It's got to be, right? I think he's most high profile. I'm guessing there's some developers who uh, probably have an extra zero in their bank account. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Jim Click. Remember all those commercials? Uh, of course I do. Oh, here's right. the funny one. If you want story time. I'm at the 94 Final Four. Um, and my dad knows Jim Click well enough from business things. And he comes up. He's like, hi, everybody. Or he, he said that. Right, he goes, right. hi, hi, Arthur. And just in that voice. And it was just like, I like watching TV. He didn't say, I'm Jim Click. But um, right. yeah, so it was the, uh, pretty funny when those guys, um, you see them in person. Oh, good question here by Rich Carrillo. Right off, right up my uh, our alleyway. All right. The most hyped recruits, I would assume the highest ranked recruits slash hype. That's where I'm assuming going. Mike Bibby's number one by a mile. Yeah. Mike, Bibby, Mike Bibby was that dude. Um, number two becomes fascinating. Number two becomes fascinating. Buttinger. Buttinger, Bayless. My thoughts were the three Bs. Buttinger, Bayless, and the guy who never showed up, Brandon Jennings. What about... What about Khalid? Because Khalid was because Khalid came over obviously from New York. He, yeah, was, he was the first. It was, that was that was pre-internet ranking though, but yeah, he was a big deal. But McDonald's All American from Christ the King though I think was he was a, also a Parade All American too. Correct. I mean that was he was he was a big one as well. Mulebach told me that because uh, Mulebach was a senior when Khalid was a freshman, and Mulebach said, "Yeah." Um, uh, I was playing, you know, Chris Mills was on the team. Damon was on the team. And he said, this dude was, he said, and this is all due respect. He said, this dude was more talented than both of them, which I don't know that I can really argue with that on that. No, Khalid, no. Basketball came very easy to Khalid. He just didn't want it in the way that Damon did. That's where I think probably the best way of putting it is. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, off, off the, after that, then it becomes interesting. Gardner was a top 15 kid, second best point guard in the country behind Jay Williams. Shakur was a top. Shakur is on there. there. That's a black era. I Indy EB is, is one of the – Jefferson was probably, what, top 25? He, he, he was a top up. 50 kid, but he blew up at the uh, Nike Nike camp. Nike camp, yeah. Right. Um, Who else here? That's actually a very good question. Um. Trying to think. Uh, I mean, a lot of more transfers. I mean, Chris Mills was a top ten kid. Lauren Woods was a top Lauren five Woods. kid. Um, you know, so you look at that. But hmm. you know, Lou did bring in a lot of top ten kids. He brought in a lot of top forty kids. A lot of top forty kids. A lot of Reuben Douglases. You know what? Marcus Williams was a top thirty kid, top thirty five mm-hmm. kid. Right. Um, who, who people forget he was actually pretty good, despite. Being you know that kind of he was kind wreck. of a, he was kind of a turd, but he was pretty Chris good. Chris Rogers was a highly Chris Rogers was a five star guy. So it's, oh yeah. Hassan Hassan's That's somewhere something. in there. Hassan yeah. was Hassan. Speaking of Kansas, uh, Hassan was the only dude who uh, uh, I think pretty much in that era that could have gone anywhere. UCLA, Kansas, a priority recruit. The loot got uh, Arenas was not a highly ranked recruit. As a matter of fact, Arenas was Kansas State in Arizona. Arenas was outside the top 100 by every recruiting service except for the Sporting News, which ranked him a top 10 point guard along with Jason Gardner. Wow. I did not know the Sporting News. Mike DeCourcy. Mike DeCourcy's always at a soft spot, though, for Arizona. True. Yeah, I just remember this is before I was really working for – I was working for Gat Tracks a little bit. But reading in there, I'm like, oh, I never heard of this Arenas guy. Steven Jackson would have been another one had he uh, shown up there. Um, Oh, if we're talking transfers – very few guys were higher rated than Ben Davis coming out. Good point. Right. Oh, by the way, something you don't have to worry about, Saturday Neon. Go to SaturdayNeon.com and use code PHNX for of uh, 10% off your order today. Free shipping for orders over 200 bucks. By the way, again, everything I need is to try to make me look a little bit more normal because I'm not. That Saturday neon thing that glows right there, the A, it's absolutely fantastic. Check out Saturday Neon. These are good people. Started like a just a bunch of buddies right there. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I, w- I would say Tommy, uh, Tom, t- Tommy's left junk. Uh, Arenas to me might be, in my opinion, the most talented player of the Lute Olsen era. Um, yeah, I, mean, I just think. People forget yeah. just how we can keep that talking, guy. Brad. I'm going to show, I'm going to date Brad or not date Brad Alice, but I'm going to watch this, Brad. Keep talking. Hold on. Um, you know, so yeah, but a lot of the guys you don't expect were highly ranked recruits. And some of the guys who were great players weren't highly ranked recruits and recruiting wasn't quite as, Hey, I might've written a half of that book. You did. This is the great William Brad Alice here, along with John Schuster. They got to sit down with Jason Gardner and Gilbert Arenas. This is correct. Yeah. That's not that issue. That's actually the Batman and Robin correct. issue. But yeah, we, um, 
the stuff we couldn't use from that interview. So basically, if people want to know, we went to Gilbert, uh, Jason Gardner, and then a third guy, just a random international student, lived together in an apartment off a of stone. Um, and we got to go to their house and just hang out and interview them. And we got them playing uh, PlayStation, playing the old, one of the old college football games. And Gilbert destroyed Jason, and it pissed Jason off. Um, but Gilbert just ran his mouth, and he had he, he trusted us not to bury him. We could have buried, him. right? Because <laughs> he was talking about oh maybe why Gene got suspended in two thousand one, right? Um, yeah. So just, but it was a, it came out. I think it was a very good article. Uh, yeah. Channing Fry was outside the top hundred, believe it or not. He was Great. the third best player on his high school team. Fontenot brothers, by the way, look at this one right here. Lute Olson right here. Michael, best of wishes. Uh, Chris Mills. This was the Chris Mills team, by the way. Um, but uh, let's see. Player of the year candidate, Chris Mills. Um, all right. That was actually – these are good questions right here. Uh, almost all of the uh, – it is funny. Most of the in-state kids that Arizona got were McDonald's All-Americans under Lute. Um, But there were a couple that were – I'm trying to think. Outside of Channing, who wasn't a McDonald's All-American? Was Jefferson up McDonald's? He was. Then I think it's all of them, really. I mean, at least. I mean, again, Elliot. Elliot was at McDonald's. Yeah, so you got you got Elliot, you've got Bibby, you've got Bayless, you've got you yeah. know, Channing. Those are the big ones right there. So across the board. All right, Brad. Before we sign off, where can they find you? What are you doing? What are you up to? Talk to people. Yeah, on Twitter, WSR Brad released a uh, podcast a couple days ago. Hope to maybe get one. Uh, released, uh, if not tonight, uh, this weekend, it might be tough going up to the Chiefs game tomorrow. Um, for you know, so uh, gonna go watch the Chiefs play the Cardinals and get to watch Shane Bouchelle for three quarters, probably. Oh. Um, but yeah, with not gonna try and get two or three up a week, obviously doing some things with Mike here, and uh, yeah, just find we got post, we got post games coming up here as well. Brad's gonna hop on as many as he can, we'll hop on as many as I can, yeah, depending on baseball and volleyball schedules. All right. Appreciate all of you out there. You guys are fantastic. Um, back the A, TLN, appreciate that. Emma, behind the scenes, appreciate you as always. William Brad Alice, we will talk with you on Tuesday, my friend. Sounds good. All right. For Brad Alice, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.